60 songs that explain the 90s are back and in their final stretch. The Ringer's music critic Rob Harvilla curates and explores 60 iconic songs from the 90s that define the decade. Rob is joined by a variety of guests to break it all down as they turn back the clock. Check out 60 songs that explain the 90s exclusively on Spotify. What's up, everybody? We back. R2C2. Another week. Another uh, two episodes um, week for us, bro. That's right. Little Monday night edition to um, recap what happened last night in Game 5 of the World Series. Set the stage for Game 6 and 7. And it just just, just touch on everything after a big sports Sunday. Um, not to mention touching on your biceps popping out of your Airbender shirt there, man. <laughs> man, I haven't been to the gym in a while. I got to yeah. get back in some kind of routine, bro. I've been struggling, but well, you know, still the, the hard work still looking like it's paid off. <laughs> yeah, it that's right. It does. It does look that way. I um, I can relate to the getting back in the flow of working out because it's amazing how much obviously it changes when you have an infant. Um, uh. Like, yeah, trying to like, if I get if I'm I'm kind of getting like two I'm getting walks a lot lots of walks and then I'm getting like two workouts a week now yeah. and with, with two feels great after going with zero for a month you know but you but you know what though like it, like having a baby it just makes you prioritize like what's important to you like yeah, do true. I need to work out five days a week or do I need to work out twice a week and go for a walk with my wife and then I can take some naps and shit. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yes, it's so it true. It really cuts whatever, the, it trims the fat of your life. Like, seriously. It really that's, does. Like, that's a great the, way to, the, it, that's so true. Beyond ev everything, right? It trims the fat of everything in your life. Yeah, so it was video games. Like, I was a oh. huge gamer until I had a kid. Like, once I had a kid, then it was like something that I just could not do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you'll find with that thing that it's like, ah, like I gotta cut that shit out. There's, there's no way I can. There's no way I can be a part of that anymore. <laughs> I think it, it's so true. It, it, it makes it. It makes you prioritize. I think it also it helps embolden you to do what you want, right? Because it's like you you can't really feel like obligation because you can always fall back on yeah I have a infant I have to take care of you know yeah. or like or hey I got in I got it you have four kids I I got to take you know, one of these four children somewhere, you know, I have to, I have to do whatever it allows you to, it, it does. That's a good way to put it. Allows you to trim the fat, allows you to prioritize what matters most to you. Absolutely. Why do you think I never leave this motherfucker? Like, exactly. There's always something to do around yeah. here, guys. <laughs> yeah, man, I get that. I get that. And I like the walk. The walks are good. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find my, my workout rhythm here, you know, no matter what, I'm not going to find the biceps that you have going on there. But, you know, <laughs> I think I, I think I'm starting to find a little bit more of uh, of my groove there getting back in the swing. Um, see, you were in Atlanta for the World Series the other night, huh? Yeah, I was, man. I got a chance to go down and check out game three, which was crazy. The, the atmosphere in Atlanta was insane. Like, yeah, it was great. What yeah, what they've done at Battery Park and like, you know, they have all the, that area where you can hang out outside of the stadium. I mean, it was whatever they hold inside the stadium, 30,000, 40,000 people, but it was 100,000 people in Battery Park. You know what I'm saying? So it was wow. it was insane. It was great atmosphere, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to, to you know, witness and, and be a part of a World Series game. It's the first time I've ever done that. So um, getting a chance to take Lil C and, and my wife, it was, it was good. It was dope. That's the first time you've been to a World Series game as a fan? Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess so. I guess you're not going to much when you're an active player. Yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, you're not you gonna go think, Matt Harvey on anybody there. You know what? I was talking to uh, Harold about it. It was like it was cool to be at like at a game. So like, what if we had destination World Series? Like if they did the World Series in Miami or in you know the, in a L.A. or something like that, where people just kind of. 10, got 10 days to go check out, like, you know, a game. I think it would be pretty cool to be able to do it that way. Especially yeah. after getting experience like I did. I think it would be cool. You think it would be better, though, than experiencing the raucous home crowds? Because you wouldn't have that atmosphere then that you just had in Atlanta, right? I mean, you could, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still get that atmosphere at the Super Bowl and, and all these, di these different one-off events. So yeah. if you made that, uh, like, a destination, I think baseball fans – um, and I think you'll get a lot more players and, you know, active and current, I mean, active and, and former players, uh, to, to be able to go. attend it. Well, you definitely yeah. would if you put it in Miami, right? Or if you <laughs> Miami, put it in, yeah, yeah. Put it San in Vegas. Diego, wherever. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, there is something about that, see, where if you turn it into a, a destination event where people know where it's going to be, you could plan it out a lot more, right? Absolutely. Like that, then finding out two days before and then trying to scramble. So the, you can make it a festival. You can do all kinds of stuff around it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking because I just left Atlanta the way they had Battery Park set up, they had live music and all of that stuff. Like if you could do that in you know in different spots, I think it'd be dope. The interesting thing is, do we think all the do we? I guess fans for each team would travel, right? Yeah. They would all they would all travel for all those games. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, look, we experienced like you said, it last year. Yeah, in San Diego, right? And and like you said, if if you had if you had a lot of time to plan it out and be able to you know know where it's going to be, yeah, you know, fans would be able to travel to it. San Diego and Texas in the the weird twenty twenty baseball season, we experienced it to a certain degree. Um, it's interesting, see, because you talked about how hey. If Atlanta's going to win this, I think they need to get it done at home. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know they. Certainly looked like they were going to after a, a first inning grand slam in game five and a four nothing lead up three one in the series. And then those, you know, pesky Astros find a way back with their offense and their bullpen, which has been really good in these playoffs and force a game six back in Houston. And dude, it's so funny because I ha I have to admit, I, I don't have a lot of emotion invested in this World Series. I mm -hmm. I, I I would have thought I actually would have had more like rooting against Houston. I would have thought I felt like very fervent about that. I did when the Nationals played Houston in 2019. I think because they had just beat the Yankees. This year, I don't feel that. Instead, my driving force, honestly, is wanting to assuage some of the Atlanta sports fans' pain right, of right. how close they've come and fallen short over and over and over again in some dramatic heart-wrenching losses and obviously you know the one that comes to mind in recent history is the super bowl more than anything else where i mean i just you you may never again see a bigger lead blown than the falcons against the patriots but Man. so so dude I, i'm watching last night and and I, I was doing the nets game and i see the score and then like i check after the game and i'm like oh my gosh yep. I, I like i can't imagine what braves fans are feeling right now is the Braves fans are, are feeling that Atlanta pain because when I was in Atlanta, down that's all they talked about was, you know, we don't want to get too excited. We don't want to put our hearts in it. And when they went up 3-1 the other day, all I kept thinking is a 3-1 lead in baseball 
It's like being up 28 to 3 at halftime in a oh football game, guys. Like, they can absolutely <laughs> fucking blow this shit. And, like, nobody would be surprised because it's Atlanta sports. So, I hope they can get this done for that city, man, because they are starving. And it's a brave town, you know what I'm saying? So, we know how much they love their baseball. Uh, but it's 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 the equivalent of being up 28-3 at halftime, Cass. <laughs> man, you know, it, that... <laughs> You're right. Unfortunately, you're right, right? Like, it really uh-huh. is. They're in the same spot, guys. They're in the second half of this fucking Super Bowl right now. They're oh living my through gosh. it right now, guys. It's fucked up. Oh. And, and, and I do think there is, at times, in certain sports, right, there's that self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like, if you get in your head about it, and, and I should really just ask you, C, since you're the one who's actually played professional sports, can it be a self-fulfilling prophecy where, like, you could then convince yourself, oh, my gosh, it's going to happen to us again as it starts to happen? I think so. I think I think you start to feel, especially, you know, against a team that's experienced like this, like this Astros team, because you know they're not going to panic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't panic in Atlanta down four to nothing. You know what I'm saying? So if 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 they were going to panic, if they were going to tighten up, if they were going to, you know, blow it, it would have been last night. So that makes you a little more nervous too. And going back to fucking to Houston. Yeah. I, um, oh, I, the, the I, Bra- I mean, the, the Astros just seem way more comfortable at home. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously we know it's because of the fans and, you know, people are, are really giving it to them when they go on the road. So it just lets them, it, when they get home, the, the love that they get at home, you can just see it in their faces. Cause like, they're so much more relaxed at Minute Maid Park. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I'd say, though, is Atlanta Atlanta did already win a game there. Yeah. Right? Atlanta, Atlanta did already win the game there. We did see the Nationals, you know, once we fact-checked ourselves, we did we see did the see. Nationals win a ton of games there. I, I think the Braves can go in there and win. I just think that now, because of the way they lost Game 5, they're going to be facing a different level of demon to have to exercise, right? If they If they had just, let's say... One split games three and four, and then win game five and go to Houston Avenue and win one game. I'm not so much worried about them carrying the baggage of Atlanta sports history into Houston to try and win this World Series. But because it felt like the party was on mm-hmm. in Atlanta, I I now I have that concern a little bit about them having to get out of their heads and realize you just got to go win one baseball game rather than you got to go erase you know, years of sports history in your city. Is that fair for me to look at it that way? Like that could be the way they lost game five could play a role in what they have to conquer mentally here? No, I mean, I think you said that the, the key phrase was like the party was on. You know what I'm saying? Like they all, they were all feeling it. And that's what I tell you. Like you start, it's a feeling that you get. You start feeling like, you know, like this shit could happen. And once you start feeling that, then then it's it's hard to fucking, it's hard to shake that. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to, to not imagine you you winning it, so it's it's you got to get that out of your head and just and just play out by out and make sure that you play a complete game so that you can you know actually get to that mountaintop. But like I mean, you said you said it the phrase the party was on. Yeah. So that's that's what makes me a little bit nervous. I think I still think the Braves have an advantage going into Game Six, and I think it's just, it's Max Free. If Max Free can pitch well, because he hasn't pitched well at all this playoffs. And if he can, he's one of the best starters in the league. And if he can have a, a game like he's had all season, then I think if then I think the Braves have a, have a good chance of winning Game Six. They get to Game Seven, 
I mean, you know, anything can happen. But I think they still have an advantage going into Houston with game six just because of Max Free. Yeah. I think Atlanta is ultimately the better team. Um, I think it's incredibly close, but I just think their pitching is, you know, their pitching's a little better and, and their offense can hang with the Astros offense, right? This Braves lineup has been incredible in, in these playoffs. And so I do ultimately think, look, I picked Atlanta in seven. I do ultimately think Atlanta is going to find a way to win in Houston uh, and, and that narrative and, and and the narrative for Atlanta sports fans, but I but see I I feel for them. I just know what they're going through right now, and it's just like you you're just like all you could think about is that feeling you had up for nothing yesterday, and whether or not you are ever going to get back there. And a, a, that's it. That's all you can think about right now. And what's interesting is. I don't know. You wouldn't call this season unexpected for the Braves, right? But once Acuna went down, it was somewhat unexpected. And just getting to the World Series is this incredible accomplishment, right? And I do think no matter what, this season was going to yield a level of satisfaction for Braves fans, even if they had gone into the World Series and lost in five to the Astros. There probably would have been some, some piece of them, although, you know, obviously they've experienced enough World Series losses and playoff losses to want the ultimate prize, but there probably would have been some piece of them that would have felt satisfied looking back on it. If they would have in the world series, just looked overwhelmed. Right. But when you get that close to winning it all now, it's like, you got to do it. You got to There's no, there is no moral victory. There's no silver lining. I'm not saying there definitely would have been, but you could have construed it. Now I can't possibly fathom the way this will feel for Atlanta sports fans if they don't finish the deal. Yeah, and, and for the team too, right? Because they the, the way this team came together at the trade deadline, getting all these guys like Solar, Solaire and and Jack Peterson and Rosario, like these guys won't be there next year. And they all know that. You know what I'm saying? So this is their one shot. In a lot of cases, this is their one shot to win. Yeah. So you start feeling that shit too. I mean, you feel the weight of the city, but you also feel the weight of you know, in 17, it was, it was you know, Todd Frazier and those guys. We knew that that was it. You know what I'm saying? This is the one run we're going to get with this with these guys. And, you know, you don't want it to end. You want it to end in a good way. And I know the Braves are, are, are you know, as a team, as an organization, you know, are feeling the weight of that too. Did you, when, when you were uh, with the Indians, see, did you feel the weight of the Cleveland sports drought when you guys were in the playoffs? Um. When when it when we got to like when we were up three one and it got to three two yes yeah like right right now yeah in this in this spot we we're going back to Boston in we two thousand seven like, yeah like fuck man like we had a chance to you know get it done at home and you know we the party was on we were all you know expecting to win um you know game of, game five at home and when that shit didn't happen yeah we I mean we got a little tight for sure. You know, I always think of uh, Candace Parker had this great way of putting it when the L.A. Sparks were up 2-1 against Minnesota in 2016 in the finals. And it was somewhat unexpected because Minnesota had been this dynasty, the Minnesota Lynx with Maya Moore and and Simone Augustus and Lindsey Whalen and Sylvia Fowles and um, and Rebecca Brunson and, and Cheryl Reeves, their coach, and and they had been this like dynasty in LA 
with Candace Parker and Neko Gumake, they go up uh, two games to one. It's a five-game series, and they have game four at home. And at that point, they, they kind of like separate where you're like, oh, they're the better team. You know, kind of the way I felt watching that 2007 ALCS when you go up 3-1 on Boston, right? Or the way I felt through the first five games of this World Series. And in game four, the Sparks lost. Uh, and Candace Parker had this great way of putting it where she said, we were trying to win a championship instead of trying to win a game. And I was like, oh, that like that's such a, like you could feel that, right? Like instead of going out there like trying to win a game, you feel that weight of trying to win a title instead of winning just that game that day, right? Man, like, I'm going to tell you what, what like, in, in 09, yeah. uh, after after we won the division, right right after, um, like the day before the playoffs started, we had a meeting, a team meeting in the in the um, media room across the hall. We yeah. watched the video and shit. Everybody got up and spoke. Jeet got up. Uh, Andy got up. Everybody talked about how to, you know, intense the playoffs and all this shit was, whatever. And Gino, Gino got up at the end of all of that and said, it's only 11 more wins. Like, all we got to do is win 11 more games. We won 100 games all year. And when he said that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, we don't have to, like, it's not, you only got to go out and just win game. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you think about it in that tense of, like, it's only 11 more games we have to win. Like, we've been the best team all year. And, yeah. and, it's, and now in October, all we got to do is win 11 games this month. And we're fucking champions. Like, when he said that, it was like, oh, shit. Like, a light bulb went off. Like, it's, it's not this fucking big feat that we have to do. All we got to do is just go out and concentrate on winning one game at a time. And if we win 11, that's it. Like, it, it, was, it was crazy when he, when he put it like that. Gene Monahan, longtime athletic trainer for the Yankees. That's interesting. See, so that actually helped focus you on just the task at hand. Yeah, because when you're sitting, you know, at the, at the beginning of October and you're sitting there and you're like, fuck, man, we're about to go on this run. Like, how are we going to do this? When the way he put it, when he was just like, it's just 11 more wins. Like, we've won 100 and something all year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys can do this. When he said it like that, it was like, oh, shit. Like, we got this. Like, it was, it was weird. It was crazy. So, who do you think, if Atlanta's going to win, is it Max Fried? Is that the guy you look at and say he's going to have to? He's going to have to be the guy. He's going to have to stand out. He's your he's your number one key for if Atlanta's going to pull this off, or is there someone else? No, it's going to be have to it's going to have to be Max Fried because you know you don't want Mentor going two and a third or two and two thirds again. Like you need Max Fried to get deep into this ball game, giving up you know two runs or less, and and let those guys go out and get an out or two at a time instead of you know six seven outs. Um, mm. And shorten up that shorten up the back end of that game and that bullpen will be even a lot better because the more that these veteran Astros veteran I mean in the playoffs where they where they come through the more that they see the back end of this bullpen the harder it's going to be to get the outs. So if, if Max makes Max Freeze can can eliminate some of those outs that these the back end of this bullpen has to get, I think uh, it's going to help them out and and be able to to go out and and make the pitches they need and and uh, help them win the ball game. Well, we kind of saw that with Minter in Game Five, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, guy had been in in the playoffs thus far this year. He had pitched eleven innings, had allowed just five hits, one run, had walked two, and had struck out sixteen. But he threw two and two thirds in Game One of the World Series. Then he came back with another inning in Game Three, and then yesterday 
in his third appearance through the first five games. He gives up three runs on three hits and two walks in one inning. You know, I mean, and and that's kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the series, see, and why it's so hard to bullpen your way to a title without relying on starters at all, right? Without having one or two guys who are going to give you a seven-inning start somewhere in there, or six solid innings, or because if you go deeper and you keep using those guys, eventually, you know, there's a good chance they're going to get hit. Yeah. That's what's hard about getting to the finish line with the bullpen. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and, uh, and this is maybe where, you know, that Charlie Morton injury might pop up, you know? Yeah. And, and he's that guy that can get you deep into the game. Um, so, we'll, I mean, he would have, would he have been game five? He would have been six? game, he would have been game five. He would have been game yeah. five. Yeah. yeah. So, having him go at home with a four run lead, yeah. Kes, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Instead, you had someone go who hadn't started since mid June. So yeah, if you think yeah. about you, you hit a grand slam in the bottom of the first with him on the mound, bro. Yeah, probably having a parade in a couple of days. Probably you know? if some butts. It's crazy. See, I, before we get, I want to hear your like the guy you're highlighting for the Astros if they're going to get this done. But before I do that, I don't want to forget. What'd you think about Granky with the pinch hit single? See, yo, I love it because he's such a great athlete, dog, and he's not scared of the moment, like. I love it. I love to see, uh, you know, pitchers get up there and rake. I still would love to see a DH. Like, I'm excited that this is going back to, you know, um, Houston where we get to see Solar maybe leading off again. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. to see Grinky go up there and, and, and you know, still be able to, get, to put a productive at bat together was awesome, bro. I heard that we got a little problem with him running the bases with his jacket on. Yeah. Our, our, you know, our, I don't, I don't our, have Twitter. I don't have Twitter. Yeah, that's right. Ja- John Boy, uh, who who I love, he had tweeted out about it being soft with the jacket on, and <laughs> people people just ran, people went wild with it, man. And I was thinking, like, like, I was thinking a, like or, 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 against Grinky? No, against John Boy. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I was but, about uh, to say, bro, I, I, I ran the bases of my jacket on every time. <laughs> like that's something that I did well, every time I ran the bases. Well, I, I have a feeling that Jimmy probably wouldn't have tweeted that about you if you had your jacket <laughs> on the bases. I just have a feeling you wouldn't have. But what was funny to me is like the reaction to it. I was stunned that it drew that kind of reaction. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just because Astros fans have a massive like forever issue with John Boy because of the way he was able to uncover the trash can stuff. And so if he if he happens to insult any one of their darlings, I think they uh, I think they send they get I think they get the 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 Russian bot farm after him. You know, they have like oh, all the they, they they got all the fake accounts tweeting at John Boy then going after him if he says anything to to get them mad, I think. He might have fucked up on that one though. Yeah, you so you're, <laughs> You're you're saying no issues with the jacket running. <laughs> Absolutely not, guys. Man, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. I, 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 I'm trying to think. What did you do when you're at bats in the World Series in Philadelphia in Game Four? Damn, I don't even remember, guys. I were don't you even like remember who was pitching? Were you, were you like who was pitching for them? Jeez, uh, it was was it Lee? Was Lee going on short rest? No, he didn't pitch on short rest. Um. Oh, it was Blanton. It was Joe Blanton. Oh, was it Joe Blanton? Yeah, thank you, Bobby Wagner. Joe Blanton. Gosh, I don't even remember. Dirty goatee. Yeah. 
It was Joe remember, Glenn. Didn't, didn't Andy got a big hit in the World Series? Andy did. Andy drove in a run. He drove in a run. Like, yeah. off, of, off of Cole Hamels in game three. I, I remember we had our um, we had our total bases going, though. Like, whoever had the most bases uh, in the World Series, we had to buy dinner the next spring training. Really? I remember so Andy was, won. Yeah. Oh, see, you went 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. Damn. What, one was on a bunt attempt. Should have never had you bunting. I know. I remember, too, in 08, like, uh, in 08 after, um, we, so we ended up losing to um, the Phillies. Yeah. But I remember they, they let me pinch hit in, in Milwaukee because it was going to be, like, my last time in Milwaukee or whatever. Uh, and I, I had to face Joe Blanton. He tricked me out that time, too. Did he? <laughs> I felt like a complete dumbass. <laughs> like, they just put me up there to pinch hit, like, <laughs> like just to get, like, a standing ovation. You know what I'm saying? And I fucking shook out. Like, oh, like, my gosh. <laughs> that is hilarious, man. I also love that they let you pinch hit in game four of a playoff series yeah. just to give you some love. <laughs> my goodness. By the way, it was a 6-2 game. It wasn't like a 16-2 yeah, no. a, a game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. I um, I guess Joe Blanton has your number, see? Fucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess he does. You know what's funny about that uh, game four of that World Series, the game you threw on short rest? I, to go back to my college roommate, who I sent you the pictures of, with who was an intern for Cashman, Bobby Coyle, we were at, we were at that game in the stands in left field. I think I've told you this story. We A, a bunch of us who worked for the Yankees went out there, and the Philly fans were absolutely unruly. I mean, they were... Uh, their behavior was abhorrent, as you know you might expect. Um, not saying that you know every fan base has some. Philly has a reputation for having, you know, more. By the way, I'm turning on my light so that you could see me because it was getting dark in here. <laughs> see, um, but so anyway, we're out there and and a rods up with two outs in that uh, ninth inning, and Bobby put the camera on me and I said. If A-Rod doesn't get a hit here, the Yankees may lose the World Series. And I, I really thought that because if you remember, Phil Coke, sorry, Phil, was up in the pen, and it would have been him in a tie game against, yeah. against the Phillies' great offense. They would have then maybe tied the series up 2-2. Then you would have had A.J. on short rest going up against Lee in game five. You go down three two, and then all of a sudden you're pre the different pressure. So that was a that was a it was a tie game. Yeah, you guys weren't down, but there was two outs. As many big hits as Alex had that whole postseason, I thought that actually was where kind of the World Series sneakily might have hung because you guys were clearly the better team. But if he doesn't get a hit there, things could have changed, man. And the thing is, is, is and, and he does not, I'm not even trying to be funny, he does not get a hit off Brad Lidge. That was Brad Lidge, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. He does not get a hit off Brad Lidge if Johnny don't still uh, take third base. To take he the slider away. He was scared to throw the slider, cuz. And, yep. and, and, and everybody knew that he was going to throw A-Rod heaters. Even A-Rod, you know what I'm saying, the, the biggest guest hitter on the planet. Yeah. If you take a pitch away, cuz, there's no way you can get that motherfucker out. Yeah. So we all knew, like, that was like, it was the... I mean, we that was the man. It's gonna sound fucked up, but that was the one time we knew Alex was really gonna come through. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Didn't, didn't have to worry about that time because you he he had a, he could eliminate a pitch. Right, right. Because if he's guessing and he knows he's what's coming, and Liz he's gonna destroy it. 
Lidget Slider was nasty back then. And and yeah. and he, he he was able to eliminate that pitch. And and you you give him that, um, especially that year. I mean, he was on fire anyway that playoffs, but yeah. in, in that situation, there was no way he was not getting a hit, cause man, you remember all the big hits he had in that playoffs. It was man, ridiculous. The only reason we won. It was ridiculous, man. Like the homer off Nathan, the homer off uh, the Angels closer uh, in game two through the rain to tie it. The the uh, K Rod. No, it wasn't K Rod. It was um, the let. Was it Fuentes? Yeah, Fuentes. Fuentes. Yeah. Um, The K Rod uh, was the pop up because he was with the Mets then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That what's the name drop that text kept Castillo. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But and that was that year too. But Alex and then that Angel series, Alex just absolutely torched them. But Minnesota he had all the big hit. Oh, the homer in Game Three against Minnesota mm-hmm. to to tie the game as well um, at the the final game at the uh, Metrodome. The Metrodome, um, yeah, fittingly the Yankees closed that place. All right, see Astros. Who's the guy you look at and you say if they get this done, if they find a way to win this series? It's going to be because this person stepped up in game six and seven or, yeah. or just one of those games. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's really just their offense playing like they did, um, hitting like they did last night. So it's really just all of them. Um, I mean, we could start with Altuve. You know, he was slumping before, you know, last night and he starts getting some hits and, you know, they get on the bases. Correa starts getting some hits. Even, you know, Martin Maldonado had a couple of knocks. So... It's just really getting their offense going, man, because they haven't hit the way they have most of the postseason. So if 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 they start swinging the bats, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I mean, all of them. It's it's really the the key is just their their lineup. Period. So what's your official prediction? Say, my, I still think that I still think the Astros is gonna win. Obviously, okay. they're not gonna win in six now, but uh, it's gonna be hard, man. Yeah. It, unless unless Max Free can go out tomorrow night and give them seven, but less than you know two or three runs. Then I then the, then I think the the Braves will win. I think I think the Braves are going to win. You still I think th- the Braves? I, win? You still think in seven? I still think in seven. So I you think, think the Astros win tomorrow night? If the Astros win tomorrow, because they're going to win the World Series. I think I think the Braves are going to win in seven. I I think it's going to be a flood of here we go again, only to have the narrative completely turned around and reversed. Almost like how Washington won its World Series, where it looked like they were going to get bounced in the wild card game, and they have this dramatic win against the Dodgers, right? And then, or it was against the Brewers, the right? Against the Brewers, right? And then they look like they're going to lose to the Dodgers, and they have this dramatic come from behind win. And then they look like they're going to lose to the Astros, and same thing. Like it's a little different. Um, but some similar elements. And I think Atlanta, I'm very big into the cosmic aspect of like the sports universe writing itself, where you just know certain things are going to happen. It's written in the stars. I feel like Atlanta is going to come within a whisper of the here we go again and find a way to win. That's that's what I think is going to happen here. I really do. So for those fans sake, by the way, um, because you just brought up my favorite athlete of all time, Andrew Eugene Pettit, I do want to tell you, I met a very uh, nice young man yesterday at uh, Barclays Center as I, right after I broadcast the Nets game. This gentleman came running towards me named Josh. It was very nice to meet you, Josh, um, to tell me how much he loves R2C2 and how we need to get Andy Pettit back on the pod. So <laughs> I, I, I agree. We need to get Andrew Eugene back on. See, it's been too long, man. 
I know. Yeah. I just talked to him. Uh, what was that last week? Remember, oh yeah. I, we get on the phone. It's like a two-hour conversation. Is it really? Yeah, because we have to go through each kid. Like I have to ask him what like Luke's doing, how's Jared doing, how's Josh, how's Lexi. So that's like thirty minutes for each kid. Then he has to go through Carter, little. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. And then we start talking about ourselves. Then we start talking about the Yankees. Like, so it's it's always fun when I get a chance. So I don't talk to him as much as I I used to, but when I do, it's a two two hour conversation. I love and that. That, that was last week. We and we hadn't talked all summer. He uh he, he and you are in the four kid club together, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, we I, we have a lot of shit in common, bro. Yeah, I love it, man. A lot. I love a it. A lot. Uh, we know we just need to take R2C2 uh, on the road to the, go to, him. to the ranch. I was about to say, to we got to ranch, go to him. Man. We got to go to him, man. Go, go to the ranch and, and you know, have some fresh elk and, and record a little R2C2. He's the busiest, non-busy person I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Like, he really don't have shit going on, but he's got everything going on every day. Like, he's somewhere doing something. Oh, that's so great. I love that description. The busiest, non-busy person. <laughs> uh, that is hilarious. Um, see, one more baseball thing I want to ask you about. Um, and by the way, we're going to get Booney on uh, Aaron Boone at some point uh, in the next uh, few weeks. He's going to come on R2C2. Uh, so there'll be plenty of interesting stuff to ask him. Want to alert all of you to that. So make sure you are following the pod and, and getting every episode and telling everybody you know. But see, um, what do you think about Bob Melvin leaving Man. the A's and going to the Padres? I thought that that was an awesome move for him. I think the Padres are a, a better organization, obviously getting him, getting a chance to to have him be their manager. But I just don't understand what the A's are doing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we'll see how it works out for them. But I think it's a great move for the Padres and a great move for Bob Melvin. He'll actually, you know, really have a chance to win the World Series. He's been doing great things with the A's and, you know, getting them to the wild card game, getting them to the playoffs with, you know, them changing their roster so much and, you know, not having a lot of money to spend. So I can only imagine what he's what he can do in San Diego with that, you know, uh, with that lineup, with those that group of stars that he's got down there. Um, pitching staff, I think, I think they got a chance to be really good with him, with him at the top. You know, it's interesting because we've talked before about how the manager has been devalued by analytics in so many different circles within baseball. But, you, I mean, you and I don't, feel that way about a manager and, and you experienced it. I also think that he's a guy I look at and I say he consistently gets the most out of his group. Mm-hmm. You know, like the same way I look at the Rays and I'm like, they constantly get the most out of their team. I look at the A's and I'm like, despite constantly trading off pieces, recycling, and obviously there's an element of that that is Billy Bean in the front office is doing with the way they're able to find undervalued assets, of course. But I also think there's a lot of credit that should go to Bob Melvin for the way he's been able to do that in recent years, see, and get the most out of those teams consistently. Man, no doubt. And and every guy that I've ever been around that's played for Bob Melvin loves him. Mm. Like there hasn't been, I haven't heard one person, one player say a bad thing about him, not only like on the field, off the field, everything. They, they love him. So um, that speaks volumes. All you got to do is just do your research about, you know, players and these managers and stuff. Ask players, yeah. guys, ask guys, ask around. And, yeah. you know, you'll know, you know, uh, a guy's reputation. Everybody gets a label. You know, I love good that. or bad. So see, um, I wanted to ask you what, what's your biggest takeaway from 
this Sunday in NFL action? What's the thing that's number one on your mind after man, this Sunday in NFL action? It really is just all these injuries, man. It's like Derrick Henry going down. What's a, what? What is that going to do? You know, for for Tennessee, you know, um, Jameis Winston getting hurt, tore his ACL. What's that going to do for um, the Saints? It's crazy too because I, I was talking to Bobby before you came on. It's like always that that quarterback of the of the season that soon as soon as one a starter goes down for somebody, then it's like oh they need to get this guy. Last year it was like Teddy Bridgewater. Like as soon as every somebody got hurt, then everybody wanted Teddy Bridgewater in the team. This year is Cam Newton. So now yeah. that like every quarterback that gets hurt, oh they should go call Cam Newton. They should go call Cam Newton. Like the Saints look pretty good with with Trevor Simeon last night, yesterday, and they still got Taysom Hill on their roster. So I think with Sean Payton being able to. And that defense looked really good yesterday, mm. um, so I think they they're in a pretty they're in a better spot than people think. Um, even though Jameis Winston went down, but man, it's just the injuries. Derrick Henry going down for the Titans is huge. That that yeah. that that changes the AFC for sure. Isn't it interesting too how like backup quarterbacks become cult heroes so quickly? What it, that's the it, best it, job in sports, guys. It really backup is. Quarterback. It really the is. Best you, job. Remember, you remember when the Eagles? See if Bobby can help us out with remembering which quarterbacks they were. But the Eagles went through a string, uh, and some of it was overlapping with Donovan McNabb, who was obviously never appreciated the way he should have been in Philadelphia. But the Eagles went through a string where it was like every year there was a different darling backup quarterback. I feel like it was in like the Ty Detmer era, <laughs> and there was was I'm Jeff to Garcia think of the, one of those guys? Maybe, yeah, he might have been one before of those. Before he went to the Niners, like he yeah, started, yeah, like. like it was there was like a bunch of I gotta look up who the backup quarterbacks were of those Eagles teams where I felt like every year the fan base clamored for some guy <laughs> they had determined was the savior of their franchise I mean, just because shit. he was the backup. They won the Super Bowl with the oh, backup quarterback with Nick Foles because they won a Super Bowl. <laughs> but see, see, this is what I'm talking about, about like the cosmic feeling of the sports universe writing itself, right? Like the the Eagle fan had clamored for the backup quarterback to be the guy <laughs> for years and years and years, and he finally was. He finally and, and was won, and, and won the Super Bowl. But but yeah, like Bobby's giving me the names. Like if you think about it, you, they went through uh, AJ Feely, AJ Feely, Ke yeah. Kevin Cobb, uh, Mike Vick, Vince Young. There was like all the, there was this. I think Detmer was one of them. There was this parade of backups during like the the James Thrash, uh, James Thrash, T Todd Pinkston, yeah, um, uh, 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 you know, Pinkston Kevin, was a pretty good little receiver though. Coy Detmer was the backup there, yeah. But you remember like the the era of um, Jeremy Macklin and and uh, uh, Kevin. I do Kurt remember. Kevin Curtis and and um, who was the other guy? Reggie Brown. Like during, when those were all the targets, the receiver targets. I feel like there was a different backup quarterback every year that they wanted. <laughs> and so, so, but this I bring this up to say we see it with the Jets. We see oh, it with the man. Jets because like, they got a problem, bro. This quarter, this this little rookie just threw for four hundred yards, and like their offense never looked better. And now the, the quarterback that they is the second pick overall, cause like. What do you but, do? Uh, 
What do you do, guys? You don't. Wait, hold on. So you're going to be like an Eagles fan here. You're yeah, say, guys, did you see how good they looked yesterday? <laughs> I did. I did. And it was it was exciting. But so you're going to say, like, hold on a second. There's a chance. You want to be in the camp of there's a chance that Mike White is better than Zach Wilson. I, I'm, I'm in the camp. Are you going to be in that camp? I'm in the camp of just saying that maybe Zach Wilson ain't that good. Well, I mean, that... that that can't I'm not, exist. I'm not, yes. I'm not saying this 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 quarterback, this guy, Mike White, is better than him. I'm just saying maybe this this ain't the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you yeah. are you like it, this is his first year though, so you got three more years of him at least, cuz. Like yeah. you riding with him. So I, I mean I, I that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm not saying I don't know if that backup's better than him. I'm just saying like the offense was moving, cuz like it, it what like everybody's like, oh, it's an offensive line and this and blah blah blah. It wasn't yesterday, not against a a, a pretty decent a, a Bengals team that had been playing pretty good. They're still young too, you know what I'm saying? And they beat a Ravens team last week that you know is at the top of their division. They had this game, they had this Jets game in between the Browns that they play next week. So it could have been a letdown, but still, like that offense was moving yesterday. Scored 34 points. That quarterback had 405 yards, and everybody's been saying it's the offensive line and all this other shit around. Zach Wilson, well, maybe it's not, is all I'm saying. I think CeCe Sabathia is on the Mike White train. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready for Mike White. I, I think I, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't go anywhere with it yet, but I do like to say this. While, like, how does that happen, Cuz? Well, because it happens in sports. It happens. But how, though? It like, I don't, happens. It not ha- 405 yards, though. It, like, it like getting a win, like, pulling off a win, yes. But, like, 405 yards, three touchdowns, like, I, I all, look, like, I, he, like I, come on, Cuz. I, I hope for Mike White's career that it's not a fluke. And this is our first little peek into greatness. I, I hope that that's the deal with. Mike White. I, I hope that I hope that Mike White is legit and that this is our first time seeing into his greatness. But I have to imagine, see, that there's a long list of guys throughout NFL history that have thrown for 400 yards and turned out not to be that great. But in the, like, uh, I hope that's not the case here. I also want to be respectful of Mike White. He could be a great quarterback that's been hasn't gotten this opportunity. I'm not yeah. going to dismiss that. I'm just saying, like, let's just, not let's not punt on I'm Zach saying, Wilson after that game. No, I'm saying that offense had looked so bad though, and then like he comes in and throws a 400 yards. You know what I'm saying? Like you're right. There has been thousand guys that have probably thrown for a, a 400 yards in the game and turned out to be not that great. But not on not I mean, not on a team that ain't really. Like they haven't done nothing all year. Like that offense, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it hasn't they haven't been close to that. You know what Make- I'm saying? Like I can see if it was like the guy for the Cowboys that came in, he threw a couple of touchdowns, 200 yards, whatever, like, you know, got him a W. Like that's that's a nice backup quarterback. Like, then you don't you don't have a problem. Like, you know Dak can move the offense better, and the offense works better when Dak is in the is in the lineup. We don't know if that's the case with the Jets, guys. We don't. Uh, we just don't know. I do think it'll be interesting to watch Mike White this next week as well, or the next couple is weeks. He, is Zach Wilson but, out the next couple weeks? I don't know if it's definitive exactly when he's coming back. Maybe Bobby has that for us. But I thought the 
I thought the initial diagnosis was they were going to be without him for a few weeks, but we got to we got to check on that. What's interesting is I know in my survivor pool, uh, which is um, run by my good buddy, Troy Benjamin, the producer for the New York Yankees, uh, the Bengals falling to the New York Jets eliminated Oof. 40 people. In our, yeah. Guess who's still standing? This Who'd guy. Who'd you take this week? Uh, I took the Rams this week. But, dude, there's no buyback ins. So you lose once you're out in this. You're dead. I, I feel pretty good about going eight for eight thus far. Like, that's a that's a nice run in a survivor pool, man. That is a nice run. That's a yeah. nice run. If you if you watch enough football, you should, you know, yeah, but what's, do pretty good. But what's I funny mean, is I, I, I haven't even gotten to watch that much. I would have definitely picked Cincinnati this week, though. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Like, You know what the tough part for me, with because I love the NFL, man. I love it. But I do a lot of early season games on Sundays. I WNBA playoffs and finals usually have, you know, quite a few games on Sundays. And then a lot of my NBA games, because I for Nets are early Sundays. in the season are Sundays because I'm filling in for Ian, right? So uh because Ian's doing NFL. So a lot of times I'm catching like pieces here and there. Like I'm sitting in yesterday in our dressing room at Barclays watching NFL, you know, but you're not catching full NFL Sunday. So when I get one, I, it's glorious. I love just like locking in. Of course, I won't know that again for 18 years, right? But when I get one, <laughs> <laughs> I, do, nah, I do love them. See, the Sundays are the best. What have you been on uh, TV wise, man? Have you gotten back in the game? I know you had quit for a little bit. Yeah, man. Um, I just finished Godfather of Harlem. Um, I am watching Manifest right now. I think I'm on the third season of that. I'm How's that? With that, Manifest is good. It's about. Have you seen? Have you seen the the previous no. ones? It's about a plane that takes off and it disappears for four years, but the people on the flight don't know that it disappeared. Like they, when they land, it's four years later, but the people on the flight haven't aged or nothing. It's like it's, oh, it's weird, cool. guys. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, so that's on Netflix. I'm watching a morning show. Oh, I'm you back. got on morning show. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, so are, I'm are, back. Uh, are you are you all caught up on morning show or where are you in it? I think we're one behind. So one we're by, oh. one. We're one episode behind. So you cranked it out pretty fast. Yeah. So me and Amber, when we went down to Disney for yeah. that weekend, we had just a weekend, so we started watching and. Uh, we had already watched the first season, so second season we were like five oh, okay. or six behind. It's a great show, man. <laughs> it's a good show. It's yeah, a good show. I like it. But you haven't done Ted Lasso yet. We haven't gotten. I haven't gotten to Ted Lasso yet. Yeah, nah. I, I I got to give a shout out. I'm on right now. I just watched the first three episodes of Swagger, which is the television mm. show executive produced by our good friend Rich Kleiman and Kevin Durant. Yes, sir. And it is. It is really good, man. Is it like, good? It is really good. Now, I, I texted Rich this. I said, you know, I have an inherent bias to want to like it because, you know, you guys are involved. I was like, but I swear, totally irrespective of that, the show is awesome. Like, I nice. have loved the first three episodes, dude. Like, I'm clamoring for that next step. Which, All right, I'm checking it, that out. It, it's cool because it's like, you know, it's like kind of like based on Durant as a, his experiences as a kid. It's not like exactly that because it's set in present day. Like it's set at the beginning of the pandemic is where it starts. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's like kind of based on similar experiences. And it's a, 
young basketball prospect growing up in DC metropolitan area, you know, DMV. And it's, dude, it's, it's really, it's really good, man. It's really good. I, I, O'Shea Jackson's one of the stars of it. Yeah. I love him. He's awesome. Um, yeah, I think you'll like it, man. You got to check it out. It's really Did good. You, have you got a chance to watch Dune yet? You haven't watched it yet, huh? No, man. And I hear it's awesome. One Dune of my was really good. Yeah, one of my friends was like, "You gotta, you gotta go see it in the theater." One of my friends said because it's like a legit movie experience. You know, yeah. it's so funny. I haven't been back to the movies since before COVID hit. Man, have you? Oh, have really? you gone to a theater yet? We, yeah, we have. So we have a really, really small movie theater right by my house that is basically like a home movie theater. So like five theaters in there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's got like awesome. five screens. So we go down there a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to get back to the movies, man. I used to go to the movies by myself all the time. Like back in the day when I would host my 5 a.m. radio show and then I would do uh, a show or I would work until like 9 a.m. when I was just doing updates. And then eventually I hosted a show from 10 to 11 as well with my old co-host, Robin Lumberg. Dude, mm-hmm. we, would, uh, we would either go together or I would go alone to like noon one two o'clock movies all the time man i loved going to the movies like in the in the early part of the day man it's a um it's a new uh i was just looking it up it's a new um series on netflix called bad sport that is about like these uh sports scandals and shit it's pretty good yeah me and my mom, yeah me and my mom been watching this pretty really really good oh i got a bad that. sport i gotta check that out I and check uh that out. untold it's the untold stories like they had the malice in the palace Oh yeah, yeah. But then yeah. they had this story, bro, about this uh, this mob guy in in Danbury, Connecticut, that bought a, a minor league hockey team for his son. Bro, oh my god, it's the fuck. It's a great story because they called this guy the real life Tony Soprano. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. It's on uh, it's on Netflix. It's called um, the name of that one is called Untold, but it's like oh. a hockey bad boys of hockey or some shit like that. It's pretty good. I gotta check that out, man. Uh, the final thing, television-wise, I got to hit you on. Have you watched the Book of Boba Fett trailer that came out today? Uh, nah. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it on uh, it, Disney Plus, but I haven't watched yeah. the, the trailer. Yeah, you got to watch the trailer. You got to watch the trailer. By the way, Disney Plus Day is coming up. It's um. What does that mean? It's November 12th. I, I don't know. I think we're going to learn a lot of stuff, probably get a few trailers, some different content. On November 12th, man. But Book of Boba Fett's coming out December 29th. But it, the trailer, it looks like it's going to be sick, man. It really yeah. does. It's, it's going to be sick. And um, I believe the director for it or the showrunner is Rich Rodriguez. And he, I thought, did an amazing job with the episode or two of Mandalorian he got. Yeah, and, you really talked about that. You like yeah. that. And, he, and for him to come out and be like, I know this show over delivers for fans. Like, you got to know it's great to say that. Like, we're talking about Book of Boba Fett. So I'm excited to see what he does with it. Um, all right, see? Well, hey, we're going to be back in a couple days because we still do our weekly Thursday release, man. Yep. We'll be talking about the end of a World Series. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pop on right after the World Series is done, whenever that ends up being, um, and, and, and get another rep. But see, I'm going to predict uh, that the Braves win in seven. And you're going to predict that the Astros win in seven. Is that official? Yep. All right. Until then, we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace, everybody. Peace.